0: Yeah, Jason, what's your feeling? In your heart of hearts, what's gonna happen tomorrow?
1: The beauty of it is like I'm good either way, is like we're my fandom, but obviously, passport-wise, we dump their tea (laughs) in the harbor.
2: (laughs) Let's not start that again. So you have (laughs) a little
1: bit. Let's not bring all that up again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) From Apple News and Metal Art Media, I'm Brendan Hunt.
2: And I'm Rebecca Lowe, and this is After the Whistle. On today's episode, we're going to preview the very small matter of United States against England coming up Friday, share some predictions on that very game, play a little match of optimist-pessimist.
0: And Rebecca's good friend, and also my Ted Lasso co-worker, Jason Sudeikis joins us as the first guest on the show. And of course, a repeated warning, dear listeners, you will be hearing adult language on this episode, but not as much as last time.
2: You're getting better. Uh,
0: Rebecca, you're back from Hawaii.
2: I sure am. And now it really feels like Friday is upon us. And I, it, it's just so blooming big that we just couldn't not insert a new episode. We have to talk about this game. But
0: we'll talk about a couple other things first as we review what has happened since our last recording. Japan has just shocked <laughs> Germany 2-1. to one, And that is nowhere near uh, the biggest upset we've had so far. Because the biggest upset we've had so far was the shocker yesterday of... Saudi Arabia 2, Argentina 1. The Messi meter is running at low, Rebecca.
2: Uh, I mean, my, what did I say about the end of the last episode, about the mismatch of, of Messi and Saudi Arabia being the mismatch of the century? I mean, this is why football will forever make fools of all of us, because you can think you know what's going to happen in every game, but really, ultimately, you absolutely have no idea. That was insane.
0: Um, and Argentina shouldn't get too upset. It is still only the group stage. And in fact, back in 1990, uh, they had one of the other biggest losses of all time when they lost to uh, Cameroon. And Argentina still made the final. So nobody panic yet. Did, um, you,
2: did you see that video, by the way, on doing the rounds on social, the party that was happening somewhere in Saudi Arabia when the final whistle went and the, the explosion of joy was so amazing. One of the people at the party just went to the door of the house, ripped it off its hinges and just threw it out the window just enjoy i'm just throwing doors around over there in saudi arabia it's amazing i just that's when social media is at its best just showing us the saudi arabian fans throwing doors around
0: oh boy um uh then we had uh we had poland mexico uh, which i was looking forward to uh lewandowski robert lewandowski of poland one of the greatest strikers of all time has still somehow (laughs) never scored in a world cup after having a penalty saved by mexico's um memo ochoa is he gonna score he's got two more games one
2: of them against argentina yeah, I know. He will. He will. Class. Class. Permanent. He will. He will. Um, talking to class, or maybe not, Cristiano Ronaldo leaving Manchester United. I know it's not a World Cup story, but it does still become a World Cup story because Ronaldo's at the World Cup. Um, and I think going to talk to the media as well, uh, leading up to Portugal's first game. So they tore up his contract. According to reports, they haven't had to pay him a single penny of the 16 million quid, which was left on his deal. Um And so he's walked out there, which is obviously getting what he wanted. But then maybe as big, if not bigger story that just gave United fans such joy after that was the news that the Glazers are open to selling Manchester United after 17 years of the United fans and the Glazer family being at odds with each other. But the big question, of course, is who are they going to sell it to? And can English football ensure that the new owners do good for not just this club, but ensure that we don't have new owners that want to go down that whole European Super League road? So, We will move on because that isn't World Cup, but massive seismic news coming out of Manchester United.
0: All right, here we are to our order of business, England, USA, a renewal of hostilities that we have managed at least over the last century or so to keep strictly to the football pitch. Uh, Let's acknowledge here, Rebecca, that you and I both have, you know, we have where we're from, but we also have soft spots for opposing countries. Yeah. I'm I'm an Anglophile. I've, I've been into English culture since I was in high school. I liked Shakespeare, and I liked The Beatles, and I liked Doctor Who, and I liked Monty Python, and I had no friends. Um, <laughs> and as I got into football, I got into football via the Premier League. And I think anyone who's not from England who becomes a fan via the Premier League, you end up having, you know, you're at least aware of what's going on with England all the time. And for me, it's, it's at least a soft spot. Um, that soft spot will be, um, you know, hard as obsidian. Uh, tomorrow There will be no tenderness whatsoever. Um, but, you know, I don't want England to do badly in the tournament as a whole. You are now living here. You're a citizen here. Your child is a proper American child. Where are you at?
2: exact same. I want USA to do really well in this tournament. I really do just not on Friday. And I've never had that feeling about any team before. So it's a weird feeling, but yes, when you live in a country, earn your living in a country, raise a child in a country and love the country, by the way, you're going to have a soft spot for it. So it's a weird day Friday for both of us, isn't it? A little bit weird. Um, you want the best for both of them, don't we? But just not Friday.
0: Now I remember when this draw came out and it was, you know, personally seismic i i love i mean i love the world cup draw in general i I always have it on my calendar from the moment it gets announced and i look forward to it but england playing the u.s was of course very big news but nearly as big was the fact that just by the luck literal luck of the literal draw the game would be played the day after thanksgiving also known as black friday thursday is also a day that's sort of always been the parish or province of the nfl there's nfl games all day and then saturday is the, one of the biggest college football days of the year. All the big rivalries happen, you know, Alabama-Auburn, Ohio State-Michigan. And then Sunday, we're back on to the NFL, uh, which, of course, is, a, is the dominant sport. So Friday is this day in the middle of this sports-dominated weekend that has no particular traditional sport attached to it, but everyone's going to be home. So this Friday, when all these families are together and don't have that much to do and for the first time the World Cup is taking place during this ill-fitting time of year the one benefit is this game could be the single highest rated soccer game in the history of American television and if we were to get a result that day preferably a win but at least a draw it could be a a seminal a seminal moment for the, seminal. for the match going forward for a generation or in fact generations uh, to come if we if we perform badly, if we go down in flames, it won't just be a sporting bummer, that's for sure. It will be a uh it'll be a cultural bummer in a in a pretty massive way.
2: Yeah, it's a hu- it's a huge opportunity and I think the USA Wales game drew an average, right Brendan, of 11.7 million viewers on both Fox and Telemundo combined. That's incredible.
0: That's on a Monday afternoon in November.
2: And I, I having lived in now for nearly 10 years and seen the growth of football, I'm even still surprised at that at that number um but it gives me great hope and great joy and like you say i think on friday if you're not at the mall shopping your black friday deals you're at home watching this game it could blow some people's minds this audience figure my my worry for you is if it doesn't go your way how damaging especially with the world cup coming up in four years right here in the u.s mexico and canada so it's a it's almost pivotal it's almost pivotal maybe in the history of. This sport in this country this Friday.
0: And England are clear favorites. Yeah, Yeah, fair to say.
2: I mean, without a doubt, they would have been clear favorites even before the World Cup started. And now the World Cup has started. You guys got your draw. We smashed Iran. I think now, even more so going into this game, the pressure is on England to, as we would say, put the USA away.
0: Now, one of my only things I cling to here is uh, the potential of English hubris. I think this for two reasons. I think these both came from you, Rebecca. I know one of them was, as people may have heard in our first episode, if not, you might want to go back. It's literally the first two seconds. I say I think the U.S. can beat anyone on their day—a pretty routine <laughs> statement, um, isn't this true of, of any country? Didn't we just learn this with Saudi Arabia? But I merely said I think the U.S. can beat anyone on their day. And do you remember what you said, Rebecca? I did. What, really? What did you say? <laughs>
2: really (laughs) I mean obviously I was just joking you can of course beat anyone on a day and we are experiencing the World Cup of Shock so I actually am very nervous and I won't be watching this game with anybody American there is always a chance with England that we're going to mess it up and so I really don't want to get to the end of the game and have to make conversation with anybody American I just can't I'm sorry I just can't so we'll be watching it alone where'd
0: mommy go she didn't want to talk to you right now son exactly get out of here
2: (laughs) <laughs> Not my little American, but no, I think I I just, we are, we are confident, but we also are, are bruised and we are scarred over the years with all the moments where England have let us down when we think they're going to follow through. And so you're right, they're favourites. Harry Kane had an ankle knock against Iran, came off, was hobbling, had a scan, is fit, has trained, but apparently still limping. What? I, for one, I know this may actually feed into what you just said. This might sound super England arrogance. I may not, I don't think I'd play him. Because if he's hobbling or has, and we know about Harry Kane's ankles, they ain't the best. And so if you've got a dodgy ankle in any way and your name is Harry Kane, take the match off. We've got Callum Wilson who can slot in perfectly well. We've got a ton of attacking forwards and midfielders. So I would actually not play Harry Kane.
0: And you've got three points in the bag. Correct. uh, Already. So, yeah, I think you're probably right, Rebecca. That Harry Kane, not important. Get him out of there.
2: (laughs) Well, but an unfit Harry Kane, we do not want on the field as an English No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. Totally agree, totally agree, totally (laughs) agree.
2: Um, Okay, what about your your chaps? Should we talk about the fact that you picked up quite a few yellow cards against Wales? Is that an issue? Uh,
0: It is a little bit. I mean... Uh, For those who don't know, there's a thing in uh, World Cups and other knockout tournaments called Yellow Card Accumulation. Yes, if you get two yellow cards in one game, that's a red card and you're out the next game. But if you get two yellow cards just over the course of this tournament between the opening and the quarterfinals, then you will miss the game after that. So any one of our four guys who got yellow cards in the first game, that's Acosta, Dest, Ream, or McKinney. If they get another yellow card, they will not play against Iran. Um, uh, How generally do you think it's going to play out, Rebecca? Do you think... Um, Do do you think, from what what you know of the US, do you think that they will be, that they have to sort of park the bus and and play counterattacking, or will they, you know, go for it in that uh, wonderfully naive American way that we have about us?
2: I I don't know Bearhalter enough. I haven't seen enough of the way he approaches games against the bigger teams, dare I say it. Um, Not being funny, but you, I mean, you genuinely don't tend to play teams that are ranked higher than you that often because you are one of the best in your geographical area as you're qualifying for various tournaments um so I haven't seen enough of what Bearhelter will do I would suggest he would probably park the bus a little a little and then try to find some space on the counter-attack yeah with the with the likes of Rayner and Polisic. um I think that would be probably what's going to happen and England are just going to have to be, be patient. Like we were at the beginning against Iran who did the exact same thing and slowly but surely move the ball around quickly with speed, with tempo and break through a low block. I think that is how it will play out. Um, having said that, maybe he'll surprise. Maybe he'll say, you know what, we have we take confidence from the first game, which I think you should, and they go for it. I'm not sure that would be the right thing, but what do you think?
0: You know, the a lot of the big footballing nations, they have – developed enough support where the support not only want results, but they want those results to come from playing in a certain way. You know, uh, the Dutch are are particularly defined by this, like, uh, for example, that 2010 team that made it to the World Cup final. Uh, first time the Dutch have had a team in the World Cup final since 1978, but they are not beloved in Holland because they played in a, a very physical, very Feyenoord kind of way, uh, as defined by Nigel Young's completely accidental uh, spikes to the chest of Xavi Alonso. Um, we are unburdened by such aesthetic concerns. Uh, we really just want results and we want the hanging by your fingernails drama of it as well, if we can get there. So if he were to basically park the bus, there's not a person in this country who would mind. So we can't like go three at the back though, cause we don't have enough center backs to go around. So yes, I think it'll be largely, we have to go counterattacking. Um, but you know, I'm a fan, not a tactician. I'm, I'm speculating here. Uh, what the I, hell quite- do I know? I quite-
2: uh, d- uh, sorry, just just a jump. I'm just talking about your centre backs and seeing what Zimmerman did with Gareth Bale. I'm quite excited if he does decide to rest Harry Kane to unleash Marcus Rashford on Zimmerman and Ream. Is that fair? Would that be quite a spectacle? It's
0: extremely fair. I mean, I think it's it's like it's an Achilles heel with a bullseye on it. You know that our centre backs are not fast guys. You know, and they're not quick guys for for turning around. So the thing I'm most worried about from England here is is their speed. You know, they have speed everywhere, and as they say, speed kills. But one thing was, the the final, like, 30 minutes or so of that USA-Wales game was chaos. Like, beautiful, wonderful yeah. chaos. You know, it felt like,
2: it's amazing. It felt
0: like a cup final. Um, yep. And it didn't work out for the U.S., but if they can draw England into that kind of chaos game instead of, you know, England's far more disciplined approach mm. than ours is... That that could serve us well and would also be a real hoot to watch. <laughs>
2: uh, but what's also interesting is that Wales-Iran play first, don't they, on the day. So yes. that result is important to, well, both of us, but probably especially the United States in terms of then who gets out the group.
0: Absolutely. So. As we, were, uh, as we were saying before, the most important thing in a uh, first match of a tournament is just don't lose, which is why, you know, getting even the one point against Wales, as heartbreaking as it was, was incredibly valuable. Again, Argentina would love to have a point right now, so we're, we are we, we could be worse. Um, but then the other thing is, you basically are always hoping for the other teams in your group, when they are playing each other, to get a draw. Because if someone wins, it's three points. If it's a draw, two teams get one point, and that third point, psh- disappears into the ether, gone forever. So what we would all love to happen uh, in Wales Iran would be a draw. Rebecca, uh, yeah. it's not just you know this game of football that we love, but we also love a game called Optimist Prismist. Um, You've already given us a pretty optimistic view of England, so give me uh, your okay. pessimist answers, Rebecca, to question one. How can the US win? <laughs>
2: Okay, so you, I mentioned it briefly earlier on. The way I think USA can win is you're gonna sit. You're gonna have to sit deep. You're gonna have to be putting in that shift, that low block, which means everybody behind the ball. Um, when England have the ball and they're heading towards you, you'll need to put in what they call a confrontation line in and or around that halfway line. So you're defending against England basically in half of the field. Okay, so you don't want this game to be stretched out. You want all your players in your half defending against England um, so that you then, if you can turn the ball over, you then use your speedy players to try and get in behind England and try and get some joy if you can try and get a goal. Um, I also think that you can be and have to be at set plays, watertight. England at set plays are very dangerous. That is your way to a US win, to maybe nick one on the break and then just defend for your lives, chaps.
0: And now, just so I can sleep better, how can England blow this game?
2: England will blow it, using your word, hubris, if there is complacency. And England, at times, can be complacent. They will look at the Iran game, having scored the six goals, and think, oh yeah, we're on our game, we're all good. Um, This is USA, we're better than USA. I'm thinking complacency will lose us the game. I'm thinking Gareth Southgate gets similarly complacent with his personnel choice. So maybe he rests too many players, rotates too many players. He doesn't tend to do that. But if I'm being pessimistic, he's going to wake up one morning and decide on Friday morning, I'm going to do it today because I need to look ahead. Um... And also by not generally attacking the game, by not having the energy, the tempo, um, the high pressing, got to do all of those things. If we don't do all those things, we could lose this game.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you for that. <laughs> that was really tough. Um, okay. I
0: feel so much better. Uh,
2: for you, your optimist pessimist take on the Geo Rainer situation. Go.
0: Okay. For those who don't know, Giovanni Reina is uh, one of our young up-and-coming stars. His father, Claudio Reyna, is one of the best players the U.S. has ever had. Uh, Gio now plays at um, Borussia Dortmund, where he, they love him over there. And he didn't play in our last game at all. Not one minute. You may recall that we didn't win that game. Might have been nice to have Gio in there. He's an incredible uh, offensive talent, especially um, attacking talent. He, you know, His ball control, his dribbling. Uh, You can Google his highlight of an incredible Slalom run against Mexico in particular Just to show a hint of what he has in his bag of tricks He's amazing and he's only 20 But he did not play it in the last game at all Okay, so Optimist You know why he didn't play it in the last game? Because Greg was saving his secret weapon Coming out, coming at ya Gonna take you down. I mean, and he's named after Giovanni Van Bronck course. He's got two great footballers in one name. He's amazing. Uh, but the pessimist version is uh, Greg has had one of his overthinks, and now he thinks Gio is not up to this, and he isn't going to play him uh, <sighs> at all, which would be no. a real a real bummer. But I, yeah, I, I would no. think he'd be in this.
2: All right. I, I just decided just to be, like, super nice and just allow you a moment to just revel in what might happen. How? the United States can win this game.
0: It will take a performance of heroism from the X-Men. And by the X-Men, X stands for expats. And I'm referring to all the US players who play in England. And uh, no particular importance, you got your Tim Ream, you got your Anthony Robinson from Fulham, They, of course, need to step up. Um, You got your Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams from Leeds. We've talked about them before. They need to have the exact kind of game they've been having in the Premier League where they uh, hassle and harry their opponents into submission. Christian Pulisic, who had a great first game, needs to keep his foot on the pedal and play at an absolute 10. But the most important of the X-Men will be Matt Turner, the Arsenal goalkeeper um, who had some good moments um, in the Wales game, sadly did not get a chance to fully stop the, uh, the bail penalty that we got a piece of it. But the only way we can win this game is if those guys uh, come together to form a, a sort of a super group of mutant powers. And on top of that, uh, Matt Turner stands on his head um, because that has been the formula for American upsets for decades and decades and decades, including a great tradition dating back to 1950. In Belo
2: Horizont. Well, I'm so glad that our domestic league has allowed your players to play to their full potential, which is now allowing <laughs> your side to Thanks go the into platform. the game on Friday. I know, oh I God, feel like we, we might be so regretting much. this. We might be regret- We might have to get them out after this. We might have to get Fulham and Leeds and Chelsea to terminate contracts all around if Friday goes badly.
0: All right, listeners, now for our very first guest on this show... My good friend, my partner on Ted Lasso, the man himself, the great Jason Sudeikis. Jason, thank you for joining us the day before Thanksgiving. Where are you? What's happening?
1: I'm currently in my parents' basement, the house I grew up in. Uh, the are you room in I grew up in. No, 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 not in trouble. No, Okay. they didn't banish me to this. It's not I'm not in a it's not a, you know, a grim fairy tale. Uh, it's actually a happy one. Um but no, I'm down here in the, in, in the basement using the Wi-Fi, which I'm proud that my folks have decent Wi-Fi. It makes me you know, very proud. <laughs> I feel like I've done them right. Uh, and there's a, you know, I would say anywhere between an 85 to 100% chance an eight-and-a-half- or six-year-old is going to wander down here just to see where Dad is, um, even though I told him how important it was not to do that. I told him I was doing very important show business, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes.
2: I have to tell you, Jason, Brendan has been, I mean, he's a little happier today, but the last couple of days since the game against Wales, when you threw it away with the Gareth Bale penalty near the end, he's been pretty grumpy. Where are you with your levels of of happiness with the U.S. men's national team and their World Cup so far?
1: We were all watching at Srental Home in L.A. We had just gotten there, and, and so everybody was fired up. Otis and I, my son and I had already played, you know, the game through a couple of times on FIFA, we pretty much knew the outcome. Sure, A lot of high fives, a lot of screaming, uh, you, you know, on the first goal. And then and then Matt had that great save. And we're kind of like, okay, this is the, you know, the Angels are are playing goalie with us as well. And then he got a hand on that bail penalty and it was kind of like, ah. And it sucked. Well, let, Let's just leave it at that. It sucked. <laughs> I was going to say it sucked the energy out of the room, but that's just the long way of saying it sucked. Like <laughs> and we were leaving that night to come to to Kansas City, and I immediately was like, "Why am I going back to my house, my parents to see family and friends? Like, this is dumb, traveling stupid. <laughs> you know, we, like, <laughs> it, it, I guess I'm just like a house of cards anyway, and so but then you started to get into like the okay. Then you go through the, the the stats and, you know, being smart enough to follow like Brendan on Instagram uh, and also Twitter be like, OK, well, we didn't lose. We got a point. Three is more than one. I know that. But, you know, at least it wasn't good, good zero. Work. And so, yeah, I'm very anxious about Friday, to be quite honest. Um,
2: and the good thing about the World Cup, Jason, is that it's, it comes around so quick. It's a bit like if you have a poor... Result, It's a bit like the stages of grief. You're kind of in the doldrums for a little bit, but then you, like you say, you start to kind of come out of that, like there's another game and it's in just a couple of days and you just start to to just move your mood, don't you, from where you were to where you might now be heading into that new game. So your history with the World Cup is what? I mean, are you a longtime lover of it? Are you a recent lover of it?
1: Oh, I would say recent since Ted Lasso, like, Full on immersion into the you know uh, beautiful world of the beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been very very exciting. And the fact that London, or excuse me, England is playing <laughs> you know America <laughs> right after we just left London. I, I, I'm glad that all the trash talking is being relegated only to you know WhatsApp, uh, you know, as opposed to face to face. I don't know if I can handle it.
0: <laughs> oh my God, if this was happening while we were at work, oh. which let's let's be honest, it almost did. Yay yay. <laughs> That would not have been a cool place. I remember when the draw came out, we were at work and we were shooting in the locker rooms. That was a real exciting moment to realize that we were going to be going up against each other.
1: I'm sure there was some hugging. There was probably some musical theater references and, you know, and and (laughs) some jazz Oh, Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably a deeper understanding of our emotions. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, okay. So let's talk, Jason, about your time in England, right? Because... It's so interesting because Brendan has, like, little things he does which are a little bit English. And I can't even yeah. really what? pinpoint what they are. No, just every now and then because you've been there so long. Or maybe it's just some – maybe the knowledge that you have, whatever it is, you have immersed yourself in that country, Brendan has. And I know that, Jason, you've done the same. And so if you're talking to, say, our some of our listeners who have never been to the UK, never been to England, let alone been to a football match in England, mm-hmm. explain to the listeners who – haven't done any of those things. Just quite simply, how big is football in England? How big is Friday going to be in England?
1: Uh, I mean, it's going to be huge. They're, like, it's it, it is like the biggest college football match. I mean, even the fact that I'm saying match so secondhandly, like versus a game. <laughs> there you go. It is there like you go. here in Kansas, you know, Allen Fieldhouse, where where the Kansas Jayhawks play, is an incredible environment. You know, Arrowhead Stadium, where the Kansas City Chiefs play, an incredible environment. Uh, you know, you add the various college stadiums around the country, and you pack all that into it uh, with British accents and and no beer, no alcohol. Mm. And yet it still hits this this feverish energy and that's just within the stadium. The energy of around the city when the women won the euros was fantastic and and just again, like the team text chain that we have, is just so optimistic. I mean, it's not too different from like the vibe you would think that the characters would have on the show to be quite honest. Uh, <laughs> and it's and it's great and it's really, really fun, really clever. But yeah, it is like one big countrywide tailgate.
2: Yeah. That's perfect.
0: <laughs> it, it truly. But, yeah. and, and point of order, there's, there's no beer, you know, being vended by people walking around saying, hey, bud, bud. But yeah. uh, you know, they still got it on the concourse, people. Don't worry. They're not crazy over there. Yeah. But we both took huge advantage of our time there. Like, we went to, we went to tons of stadiums. We went to Emirates. We went to Anfield. We went to Stanford Bridge. We went to, um, we went to Craven Cottage on a previous trip. We went to uh, tons. And we went to Wembley twice. We saw a, a rather unstimulating European championship qualifier a while ago. Mm-hmm. And then we saw Wembley rockin' when we went to that England-Germany game where Germany got up 2-0 and England stormed back to 3-2 um, before, in typical English fashion, conceding to make a <laughs> 3-3 at the end. I thought that night, I mean, what does Wembley hold, 80,000? 90, yeah. I thought that night, that second half, to really see that place full and going crazy was, I don't know, it, it really felt like the first real glimpse into seeing how England cares about England.
1: Yeah. The FA Cup final, too, remember, with oh, Chelsea yeah. and um, Liverpool, which was also thrilling. But, yeah, no, it, it it showed up. And even to see the way, you know, again, the women's team, when we saw it in the friendly England versus U.S., uh, yeah, when Wembley gets rocking, it's great. Yeah, you might as well have the Beatles and the Stones and Queen playing. Like, the, 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 <laughs> the people are on their feet, like, just, you know, ready to cheer, chant, curse, sing, whatever they got. They've got it loaded and ready to rip. It's just a good good vibe. I'm so nervous about Friday because when you're going through that, you're just talking about scoring three goals, and then I'm thinking about the six that they got the other day. I'm just like, boy, they score a lot of goals.
2: <laughs> so, so who are you? All right, so who are you nervous about? Give me a couple of names from the England team, Jason, that you are most nervous about. If you're an American,
1: well, on the football pitch, you got you know Harry Kane. You know, if it's a bar fight, Harry Maguire. Uh, <laughs> You know, so, (laughs) like, uh, however, it may be in a a game of Trivial Pursuit, I don't know if either of them would scare me, you know, to be quite honest.
0: Let's see if we can get that on the docket for Friday.
1: That Yeah, that's, that's, (laughs) if they win, you know, then maybe the way that balances out the universe is the three of us doing, you know, Jeopardy.
0: Tyler Adams will absolutely absolutely murder Trivial Pursuit. Winston Churchill, next!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I mean it, look he only makes me nervous because i because i love watching him play and i'm sure I, I would guess from just that sentence alone brendan knows who i'm gonna guess but uh i'm a big i'm a big phil foden fan yeah it's like when you have that guy in your team that you love when he's on your team you love it and, it, and it's, usually yeah. it's like a rabble rouser someone you know like you know dennis robin when he played for the pistons you know we hated him but then when he switched over to the bulls we're like this guy's not too bad I love this guy, you know, as a Chicago Bulls fan growing up. But um, yeah, Foden, it's like I, I, I'm, I'm like, ah, dang it, why is that? Why is that little wizard got to play for those dudes? You know, and then you hear him talking, you're like, oh, I get it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some amazing accents. I mean, Jack Grealish's accent is also incredible. Yeah.
1: It is great, and for a second, like the, like the little bit of me that's always grown up sort of being a mimic and you know doing stuff like impressions, I can do like the impression for two seconds after I hear it. <laughs> and then it just turns into like you know Terry Jones playing a woman. Uh, you know. <laughs> Brendan's much much better at it. He can do, he can he's got <laughs> oh. a better better ear and talent for it for it all. Mm. Uh, I will say, Jack Grealish. I, I mean, I love that celebration. <gasps> I love that whole story. I know. Uh, just I showed I was showing Otis that, that them just you know playing keepy upy and just like basically playing catch with their feet, which I think <laughs> is the big issue for Americans. <laughs> I believe that most Americans believe that football is like eighty five percent luck. Because when we kick stuff, it doesn't go where we want it to. It usually goes through <laughs> the neighbor's window or whatnot. And when you see those two dudes just like just casually, just you know, keeping it up four or five times in a row and then sending it sailing it perfectly over to someone thirty yards away and then catching it with their chest and dropping it at their feet, just back and forth. You're just like they make it look so easy that you're kinda like, Well, this has gotta be CGI. And then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you see that all the time, just in warm-ups, just dudes doing that, and it's like like, golly, wouldn't that be fun to be that good at something? (laughs) Anything,
0: you know?
2: (laughs) All right, should we get prediction?
0: Yeah, Jason, what's your feeling? In your heart of hearts, what's going to happen tomorrow? Hmm.
1: I hope they come out, and I know they will, because it's just the way pro athletes, athletes are, and I mean they, I mean the U.S., with, like, fire in their butts and, like, something to prove which they clearly, you know, have anyway. And not even really in relation to England, but so much as to what happened with the Wales match and just, golly.
0: I mean, I guess I got to go 6-0, US. <laughs> That's, that sounds right. They got to get yeah. those goals back. Right. And I thank you for for speaking with your head and not your heart. Yeah. And five out of
1: the six <laughs> yeah. are bicycle kicks because we love mm-hmm. a show.
0: Yeah, sixth one is a nutmeg.
1: Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hat trick for Pulisic. No, I mean, I'm hoping like... It's going to be a bunch. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 3-2 America.
2: Oof. Wow, what a game that would be.
1: Wouldn't that be something?
2: Ugh. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, really, it really would. It really would. Because like, I think England's um, going to be fine. So it's like I, I, I have to choose that we uh, beat them. And, and that's the, the beauty of it is like I'm good either way as like we're my fandom. But obviously, passport-wise, uh, we dump their tea <laughs> in the harbor. You know? <laughs>
2: Let's not start that again. So you have a yeah,
1: little let's bit. Let's not bring all that up again. <laughs> you know? There's so many more modern you know, political uh, problems. Why dip our toes back into those old waters?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> those brown-tinged waters. Let's, let's talk about yeah. Watergate. You know what I mean? Let's get... Let's get <laughs> 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 okay, 6 nil. Okay, 3-2. All All
2: right, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll bro, let you three-two. have that.
1: What about you? What do you guys?
0: Uh, we can't tell you our predictions now because we're going to tell them in other places in the episode. Yeah. We to oh, so, episode. Tell you so I'll
1: listen. I'll listen or yeah, at least man. read Please. the tweets underneath the, the tweet <laughs> announcing the episode. Yeah. Uh, Correct. Where people just lay into you guys.
2: That's it. That's fine.
1: <laughs> Thank that you, fine. Elon. Thank you, Uncle That's Elon. That's part of the gig. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, Jason Sudeikis, everybody. Jason Sudeikis.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Brendan, alleged. lovely to hear your voice. Uh, Rebecca, even more so.
2: Let's just finish with your little treat for the listening masses, please. What is it, please?
0: Um, it's my uh, halftime playlist for USA England, folks. If you are watching at a World Cup party, you might want to watch um, the halftime host and studio show. But if it's a party, people yeah, are scattered. Do. They're going to the bathroom. They're getting no, more food.
2: No, no, please watch the halftime. That's like, literally what I do for a living.
0: Please watch it, them. It is. Well, you're not working in <laughs> this particular tournament, and it's not like you're going to Alexi Lalas' Christmas party. So yes. it'd be cool. Um, <laughs> So, uh, to help buy the time when no one can hear very well anyway, you might want to have a playlist. And you can make your own playlist. It just has to be, you know, 14 to 15 minutes of length, and you want to start it exactly when the first half ends. I have made mine. I'm not necessarily having a party. I just, you know, I'm a nerd. I think too much. Um, would you like to hear my uh, playlist, Rebecca?
2: Without a doubt.
0: Great. Thank you. And I try to include both teams, even though I favor one. Um, you start out with, uh, appropriately, Young Americans by okay. uh, David Bowie. Okay. You know? And then you confuse them a little bit because you go into God Save the Queen by oh. the Sex Pistols. Uh, oh, right. You know, you keep yeah. the energy up and, you know, the Queen's not around anymore. So it's Aww. like ironic and the song was ironic in the first place. By the way, you still get confused when they sing God Save the King, don't you? I think you Mason still- Mount
2: said Queen, didn't he? I think apparently Aww. he was singing I Know Bless him. But I don't blame him. You know, it's all life, all of our lives. But yeah, it is yeah. hard. I almost forgot to. Carry on. Next. Yeah.
0: Well, the Sex Pistols are here to make you forget even more. Um, then we go into John Philip Sousa's Liberty Bell March. Because what can be more American than John Philip Sousa or than the Liberty Bell? And, of course, it's also the theme to Monty Python's Flying Circus. And then, finally, you bring it home with from Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda's My (laughs) Shot. And we will not throw away our shot. And you take that energy into the second half. (laughs) Predictions. Rebecca, I'm telling you, USA
2: 2, England 1. Boom. England 3, USA 1. You think you're going to win 2-1? Okay. (laughs) Oh God.
0: <laughs> I think if I only sing three seconds of it, we don't have to pay for it. Uh, Rebecca, I wish you a fine Thanksgiving. I wish you all a fine Thanksgiving. Uh, for those who don't know Thanksgiving, it is, in my opinion, one of America's finer creations, along with uh, the musical Hamilton uh, and hip-hop and jazz and basketball. Um, it's <laughs> and just Christian Pulisic. A- and Christian Pulisic. It is, um, you know, its origins are, are as, like so many things of ours, uh, steeped in controversy. But the actual concept of taking a day uh, to be with loved ones and be grateful... Uh, for what you do have is is a powerful thing. And um, I I wish you all uh, the best of it on Thursday. And then we can throw it all in the garbage on Friday and get back to hating each other.
2: Love it. I can't wait. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, God. Happy Thanksgiving,
0: everybody. If you're loving the show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and be sure to rate and review us. It really helps other people who are not as forward-thinking as you find the show.
2: And if you want round-the-clock World Cup news, more than just what we give you here, plus live scores uh, and standings as well, just follow along on the Apple News app in My Sports, where available.
0: We'll be back with more World Cup coverage right here in your podcast feed on Friday uh, when, uh, you know, Rebecca's going to need a shoulder to cry on. And I will be that shoulder because because I care. And we've only met twice, but still, I, I care. I don't want <laughs> to be too crushed.